back in this live. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of the MMA UK live show. Uh, my name's Lewis Smith. I'm forever watching either with us live tonight or back on record a couple of days later. We appreciate all your time. And uh, if you do like this, please smash the like button and uh, give us a few comments as well. We really do appreciate it. Tonight, we're going to be talking about the coming Cage Warriors cards, obviously the December cards, Cage Warriors 131 and Cage Warriors 132, the double header. Uh, I'm joined to discuss those tonight with my good friends Katie Hunter and the voice of MMA, the voice of UK MMA, uh, Cage Warriors commentator Brad Wharton. Guys, uh, Brad, how's it going, buddy? It's been a while since we last spoke. Yeah, it's been a while, mate, hasn't it? Yeah, everything's going good. Um, UK MMA is back, which is great. Been to loads of shows this year. Great to see everyone back fighting. It's great to see everyone back working, and uh, yeah, looking forward to next weekend. Yeah, definitely. And, and Katie Hunter. Been a busy few months for you. Uh, a new job. How, how's things in? How's things at home? And uh, how, how's things with the with the fighting going? All good. All good. I've barely been training myself. Um, got to a few shows, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited for this double header. I think I think actually the last events that I went to, apart from the local scene, was um, the last Cage Warriors. So yeah, excited to chat about these cards. Yeah, definitely. And before we get into it, I'm going to give a big shout out to our sponsors, Conatuum. Um, Conatuum are a coffee brand. Um, they specialize in uh, coffees, they specialize in rubs and seasoning, and their ethos is all about hard work and dedication. So a big thank you to them tonight for giving us a sponsorship and um, supporting all their MMA athletes up in Scotland as well. It's a Scottish brand. So uh, yeah, big shout out to those guys and thanks for sponsoring this video. Um, but let, let's get into it now. I don't want to keep people waiting any longer. I know uh, we've, we've got a lot of good fights to watch and talk about this next couple of weeks. So um, 10th and 11th. First of all, Brad, I, I do want to ask you because, you know, we're, we're getting into the, the double headers now. We've obviously had a, 18 months or so of, you know, these trilogy cards with Cage Warriors. Looking back for you over the last 18 months, you know, we've been through uh, lockdown after lockdown. We've been through a pandemic. What, what's your sort of takeaway from those cards and, and what, what will your memories be of that time at Cage Warriors? Uh, man, it it, it it was such a weird time. Like, you know, we, we've just never had to deal with anything like this before, um, you know, in terms of MMA and just real life as well. Like, I'm sure everyone by now um, is at the point where they're just kind of, you know, sick of not being able to do what they want to do. And, you know, especially over the past 18 months when we've had periods where, you know, we, we've not even been able to go out and socialise and, and get out of the houses. It, it was a real nice thing to be able to do to go and be with people and work with people um you know that you hadn't seen for a long time while these shows were going on and of course for the athletes crucially as well they needed to fight and you know unfortunately there was there was nowhere else they could do it um you know i know there was a couple of uh a couple of shows that kind of snuck a couple of cheeky ones in um you know but but really that you know the, these trilogy shows have been kind of it for uh for european mma in terms of what the uk has been able to do so uh, some great memories. Um, you know, I, I think one thing that you can't deny from those shows is that everybody brought it. You know, everyone was so keen because they just didn't know when they get to fight again. Um, and obviously, you know, the UFC weren't particularly hiring much. So a lot of guys were looking to make a big impression. Uh, and I think it kind of brought the best out of everyone. It certainly brought the best out of everyone behind the camera and outside the cage as well. Uh, it was really, uh, you know, a unique set of challenges for us you know, in terms of broadcast and also for the Cage Warriors team, uh, logistically getting everyone into the country, getting everyone quarantined, transported to hotels, tested, 
Um, you know, especially during the early days, uh, people failing COVID tests and having to be quarantined in hotels and stuff. It, it, it was just nuts. Um, you know, the, the Cage Warriors team that you don't know, the guys behind the scenes don't get enough props and don't get enough plaudits. Uh, you know, I could probably sit here all day reeling off names, but, you know, if, if people knew what those guys had been through to get these shows on, you know, they'd be raising glasses and quite rightly so. Yeah, definitely. And Katie, you know, we're, we're moving forward in time now. We've got a doubleheader coming up next week. It, do you think it is the case first now that we'll sort of go, gradually go to doubleheaders and then back to the single cards? Or do you think there is still space in, in MMA UK for, you know, tri triple headers and trilogy cards? I've definitely got space for it. <laughs> I'm sure it's a nightmare to put on. And I'm sure it's, you know, like a logistical nightmare to try and get everything together. I guess it will depend whether, I mean, heaven forbid, we were to go back into another <laughs> lockdown. Oh, I dare oh, even say it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we might have to. Caterers was the only thing that got me through <laughs> when, when we were uh, in that situation. So I, I would guess that it will depend on what the landscape looks like next year. But... <clears throat> I certainly love having these these double headers, um, but it will be really nice if they can start traveling around again. Um, and I would certainly love to see some shows in Ireland. I would love to get over to Ireland, and you know, there's a lot of people on the roster that that aren't from London, so it'd be good for them to to have another crack wherever their cards should be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's a tough one, you know. Like, there's. There's benefits to doing like three shows in, in a row. You know, you, you've rented all the equipment. It's all there. Um, you know, you, you're doing also three sets of weigh-ins, three sets of COVID tests and everything. You know, there's, there's a lot that can go wrong. So there's kind of, there's, there's good things and bad things about it. But I think, you know, Graham mentioned on Twitter a couple of weeks ago that next year is going to be maybe the biggest year, busiest year Cage Warriors have ever had in terms of the number of shows in the different locations. So, you know, I would certainly expect that, um, you know, I, I don't know for certain, I haven't got any dates for next year, but I would certainly expect it to be going back to, you know, averaging out what one or two a month, and obviously the ones in America as well. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, it was the kind of thing we did, it's like a one-off every now and again. You know, we've done like mm. the Super Saturdays mm. and Night of Champions, that kind of thing. I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, it maybe becomes like something they do in December to get as many guys out in December, because there's never a show in January and, you know, maybe yeah. mid to late February they start again. So maybe it'd be like a cool new cage warriors tradition to do like, you know, double trouble December every year. Yeah, I, I I hope they do that because even though I love getting out and getting shows in different places, for me, there's nothing better than like finishing work on a Thursday, switch on the TV and you've got a, a cage warriors card to watch all night on Thursday. I thought that was, that was one thing I actually really enjoyed. I didn't think I would because I, like I said, I've always loved going out and going to the different shows, but that was one benefit that, you know, you, you finish work on a Thursday and uh, you, you've just got a night of Cage Warriors in front of you. And, well, three nights, actually. So, yeah, that was that was one thing I like. And I, I def definitely think there's a little bit of space for that. So I love um, it starting early on the Saturday as well. And then you normally get like yeah. a UFC straight after. Yeah. Like that, that's <laughs> really tough. Yeah, I think the, the UFC on uh, next Saturday is late. So I think we're back to a normal time now on Saturday. I think it's going to be like... Uh, a nine o'clock main card again but yeah no they, they were brilliant um especially because like you know we we finished i think we finished one of them like half eight or something and we were you know back in the hotel bar by about quarter past nine which is always good you know yeah. there's nothing worse than getting back to uh 
getting back to the hotel at like 1am and then trying to find food and get a few cold ones down you so I, yeah i'm always in favor of the early starts yeah well anyway we, we, I, dig, I digress you both a little bit there so i'll i'll get back onto the the cards at the hand obviously we've got uh, york hall london the, icon, the iconic venue as uh as people call it that's going to be host to cage warriors 131 on the 10th of december and the headline of our card is a title fight a middleweight title fight to be precise between current champion matthew bonner and Jackie Mellon. Um, Brad, I'll come to you with this one first. Obviously, we saw Matthew get an absolutely stunning win last time, took the belt from Matthias Frederick, a absolutely ferocious champion. What what can we expect from his first title defence? I mean, you know, if, if you look at the uh, 18 months that Matt's had, you're going to expect a better performance because he's just he's just got better and better over that time. Um, I've got something coming out on the Cage Warriors website this week about some of the like the storylines that ran through the trilogy area uh, and Matt's was the first one that, that came to mind, you know, uh, they put a video out last week, I think of, you know, he, he had the six and six and one record to start the trilogy era. And then he's finished 10 and six and a world champion. Um, he just seems like he's getting better and better. He's found his niche uh, at next generation. He's rounded out his game much more. Um, and he's kind of, you know, he's, he's stepped up into that kind of like that champion's role and champion's mindset. You know, he's out there on he's out there on social media making jokes and, you know, generating interest and stuff. He's really kind of, you know, stepping into that role. I, I think if you'd have said to him uh, 18 months ago, where do you see your career going? He, he probably wouldn't have said world champion and, you know, potentially looking at winning two titles in the next 12 months and maybe even getting a shot in the UFC. So it's been amazing to see. I've followed Matt's career since he was an amateur uh, called many of his amateur fights um, back in the day on the regional circuit. So it's just been so cool to see him uh, to get that belt and to dethrone the Titus as well, who was looking like the unbeatable champ, even, even better. Um, but man, Milan is a interesting one because th this guy has not fought a lot. And when he was fighting, he looked very, very good. And you just don't know what you're going to get. You know, you, you would assume that He's not got the same kind of wear and tear that a guy who's been fighting pro for seven years has got because he's only had seven pro fights, I think. Um, you know, you don't know what he's done in terms of upgrading the skill set over that time that he's not been competing. Um, but then you don't know if he's going to be as sharp as a guy that has had as many fights as Matt. So really intriguing fight for me. Um, you know, I don't think it's uh, I don't think it's going to be as cut and dry as people might expect with with Bonner being the known guy. Yeah. And Katie, as we say, we've got like like. Exactly, as Brad said, we've got a very interesting match. They obviously, uh, Bonner, you know, really just getting stronger and stronger against a, a a guy with not a huge amount of experience. What, what's your take on this matchup? Well, I have to say that Bonner's really surprised me in his last two outings. Um, I I was really surprised at uh, the performance against James Webb, who I know really well, um, and then Natias. I just thought he'd be too strong for him. And and to see the way that he performed in in that fight just makes it so hard for me to pick against him. I I honestly um, have been so impressed by him. And and like you say, so, sometimes people's career ta just takes a, a turn, and and he is on a tear. So yeah, I I think it's really hard to look past him in this fight. I'm I'm gonna pick him. Yeah, I, I I won't I won't bother Brad with uh with predictions because I know he'll he'll, he'll get a lot of stick from the fighters if he if he goes against them. But, but I'll, I'll come to you. I'll tell you later. Yeah, I'll, I'll come to you with the predictions. Okay, you're you're going for for Matthew on that one, you. Yeah, who are you going with, Lewis? Why, you know I'm gonna have to go with Matthew just because 
as, as we said, we've not seen too much of Milan. Um, and and Matua has just got stronger and stronger and stronger. So um, I'm, I'm going to go with him. I, I don't know. I can't make a prediction of how it's going to happen, but I'm, I'm just going to go with Matt. And Miles Paint today is going for a TKO late in the second round. So, yeah, thanks for that shout out, Miles. That's not a bad prediction, actually. Um, so that takes then to the co-main event of Cage Wars 131. Uh, lightweight vacant title bout. And that is going to be between George Hardwick and Mehdi Ben Lakhtar. A very, very exciting fight that one. Uh, obviously, we've seen Mehdi Ben Lakhtar in Cage Wars for a while now. Uh, always an exciting fight. I mean, we, obviously, he fought... I'm pretty sure he fought Joe McColgan, who was the previous champion, and they got a, a draw, like a, a crazy back-and-forth war. Um, and obviously, George has recently come into the promotion over the car- course of the last 18 months and, and had some exciting wins as well. So, a really exciting match. I'm, I'm not 100% sure. Katie, have they, have, have they given any specific reason as to why Joe has vacated their belt? So, Brad, correct me if I'm wrong, isn't it? Just due to personal reasons, he's too um, like busy in his personal life and he, he doesn't want to hold up the, the division, was what I've heard. Yeah, that, that's that's the long and short of it. Um, you know, he's got a lot going on, uh, you know, home-wise. I think he, he just bought a house last year. and he's married. Uh, doing a, a lot of work on that. And, and obviously, um, you know, he's, he's the team captain there as well. So he's got responsibility to... Be getting the other guys ready for their fights and uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah exactly you know look uh it's a tough spot to be in the cage warriors lightweight champ because there's no easy fights in that division whatsoever you know there's there's no gimmies um you can't take a step back once you've got that belt around your shoulder and joe wants to make a run of this he believes he can be in the ufc so to do it half-assed and when you're not in the gym full-time would, would be crazy um you know i spoke to joe recently and he said he wanted to relinquish the belt uh, before the last trilogy because he, he was already kind of in that position. And Cage Warriors had kind of said, well, look, let's just see what happens, see if things change. Um, but obviously th- things haven't changed. So, you know, he's been, uh, you know, really fair, in my opinion, in saying he doesn't want to hold the division up. He doesn't want there to be an interim champion. Uh, but you best believe he's getting that first crack when he comes back. So whether it's Medi, uh, whether it's Hardwick, I mean, both of those are, are, are great fights, you know. You, you look back at that fight with Mehdi, that was actually a split draw. So one judge for one corner, one judge for the other, and one called it a draw. You don't get closer than that. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, probably the best Cage Warriors fight I've ever called uh, in, in terms yeah. of just what was going on. It was it, it was crazy. To see those guys do it over five rounds, yeah, absolutely. To see Joe come back and fight Hardwick, again, absolutely incredible fight. So best wishes to joe hope he gets back as soon as possible if you like watching fights you like watching him fight um in the meantime like this this isn't this is just another crazy fight like you kind of expected medi to be there anyway because he was kind of solidified as the number one contender i know he was going to fight paul redmond earlier this year because that would have been like a big name fight for him um but obviously you know paul's retired with injuries and stuff now as well so it's only right that medi gets that shot uh, and I think Harbuck's proved himself outside the Cage Warriors and with his performances in Cage Warriors, you know, stopping the uh, the former featherweight champ with a body shot, boom. You know, that, that's the kind of statement you want to make. So really intrigued to see how these guys figure each other out. Different kind of striking styles. It should be a wild one. Yeah. Uh, how are you feeling about this one, Katie? It's going to be violent. I can't <laughs> wait for this one. I absolutely cannot wait. Hardwick is just, he doesn't care. He'll... he'll he doesn't care how much damage he has to take to inflict it. 
and Mehdi is always in crazy, crazy fights. Whenever I see his name on a fight card, I'm instantly more excited about the whole show. And that fight with Joe McColgan is, apart from Josh Reed and Nathaniel Woods, that's like my, my favourite Cage Warriors fight ever. It was phenomenal. And I really thought that Joe and him would be fighting for the belt. Maybe that would still happen. Or like you say, maybe it would be Hardwick. But this could very, very well be the fight of the entire doubleheader. And I'm <laughs> absolutely buzzing for this one. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think it could well be as well. And it, it kind of, you know, you and Brad both saying I think it kind of gives me an idea for another future podcast, which will have to be, you know, top ten ever Cage Warriors fights. That's that's going to be the next one we're going to have to do. I think after this, uh, we've we've definitely got some good ones to pick from, haven't we? Yeah. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so that, that's that's what we have to do for the future. But Katie, are you making a prediction for this one? Uh, Medi Ben Lactar against George Hardwick. I think I'm going to have to go Medi. Just uh. I wouldn't be surprised if I'm wrong, but I, I think I've I've got to go Medi with this one. Yeah, I, I'm 50-50, so I'm just going to go the opposite and go for, for George Hardwick on this one. I think, uh, I, to be honest, I, I really can't pick. I think, you know, on the night, it's going to be who performs the best, and I, I really couldn't, couldn't put much between these two guys. So I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna be contrary to Katie and go for, go for George Hardwick on this one. Um, and that takes us then on to the third fight of the night. Third one down, which is uh, Wales' own Evil Oban Elliott, or Oban Angel Eyes Elliott now, I think, isn't it? Um, <laughs> and he's going to be fighting Madars Flemenas. Katie, I'll come to you first on this one. What, what do you think Oban obviously came back with a bang last time after a little bit of time out? How, how do you see him lining up against Madars? That was my favourite fight of the last trilogy. I, I thought he looked incredible. Um, the way that he handled himself after his loss, I was more certain than ever that he was going to go on to become a champion. Um, and just the way he didn't use how ill he'd been as an excuse. And just, I, I just think he handles himself like a champion. He went out there and performed like a champion. And probably shouldn't advertise other podcasts, but Sean Sheehan's got a great interview with him out at the moment. Um, where he predicts he's he's the next Cage Warriors star, you know, and and it's really hard to think who will be a bigger star than him in Cage Warriors at the moment. Um, and Madas is a, a a good step up for him, and he was obviously in the welterweight tournament, so it's it's a, a really good test. But I'm with Oban all the way on this, and I'm looking forward to another like big performance from the gangster. Yeah. But back up to Welterweight, Brad. Do you think uh, do you think he's he's fitting in better than he did at Lightweight? Yeah, um, you know, if you if you listen to um, you know, in particular that interview with Sean that um, that Katie mentioned, he, he talks about the fact that you know part of the reason perhaps behind these health problems was what he was doing to his body to get down to one fifty, um, and you would just hope that as the years go on, more and more guys, and and it's definitely changed a lot in the last ten years more and more guys start fighting a bit close to their natural weight because no matter how well you do it and no matter how many times you do it and how good you get at doing it, it is not good for your body in the long run to dehydrate it. It just isn't, you know, people say, Oh, I can do it safely. You can't, there's no such thing as doing it safely. This is an inherently unsafe sport as it is. You uh, receive a brain injury every time you get punched in the head. 
but what we do is we introduce rules and regulations and things to mitigate that risk. And we obviously do that not enough with weight cutting, in, in, my, in my opinion. Um, so I think Oban's done the right thing for, for his health and his longevity uh, to make that decision to move up. And look, he didn't look, look small against George uh, in, no. in that last fight. And, and, and George is a big dude. You know, he's like, he's yeah, like yeah. six three, six four, right? Yeah. Um, and Oban didn't look undersized at all. So for, for me, there's no reason for him to be fighting anywhere else but welterweight. He looked great. Um, you know, the guy's a million dollars on the microphone. If he can keep winning fights, the sky's the limit. Uh, but look, this is uh, a, a tough test for him. It's his most experienced opponent to date. Um, obviously, Figlak has, you know, kind of moved on from their fight and made a bigger name for himself. Um, but in terms of where they actually are, the, the points in their career where they're fighting, uh, this is certainly Oban's biggest test to date. And Madas believes that he's still in the run in the running at welterweight. So he can't afford to lose this fight. He doesn't want to get in that gatekeeper position. And if he can take out Oban, that's huge for him. Yeah, a very big fight for both guys and, and another very exciting one as well. So we look forward to that. Um we're gonna oh, we've got Miles Painter coming in with another prediction. Thank you, Miles. He is seeing Elliot TKO round one. Bold prediction there, Miles. Thank you as always for, for checking them in, buddy. Um, we've got some other uh comments if if you wanna look yeah, at a couple before we move on. Um Jordan Hamburg says hard work will be victorious. Um and then we've got uh, or just uh, a lot of support coming through, people saying hi. Uh, uh, I don't know who that one is. Will David W be on the card? David, you might have to give us his last name, Ryan. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, even I'm struggling there. <laughs> uh, Ricky Shock says, ask Brad about his most favourite train ride home after a Cage Warriors event. <laughs> Brad would very much like to keep his job with Cage Warriors, so Brad won't be talking about that train ride home. <laughs> there we go. Great question, Ricky Shark. <laughs> I'm, I'm Ricky. Putting Brad on the spot, we love it. This is unbelievable. Ricky, Ricky was part of that train ride, so you know, let's let's not start throwing stones in glass houses. <laughs> oh, there we go. And Daniel Edwards says Nate looks so wholesome and innocent in his photo. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking. That. Uh, okay, <laughs> that's us up to date, I think. Oh, brilliant. Where did you get that photo, Katie? Uh, New York, outside MSG, before he fought for the BMF belt. Oh, okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Great play, great picture. And he does look very, uh, he looks very pure on that picture, doesn't he? he Looks like he's very, 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 pleased to, very pleased to meet the MMA UK's own Katie Hunter, I would say. <laughs> I, heard that, I heard that it was Nate that asked for the photo. He will, he's only human. <laughs> there we go. So back to the card then. We've got next one down. We've got uh Yassine Beljad versus Danilo Bellardo in a lightweight belt. I hope I pronounced that name right. Uh Brad, any thoughts on this matchup? Uh yeah, both these guys um are really entertaining to watch. Um, you know, crazy legs, Yassine Belhaj got that <laughs> traditional striking background, loves the taekwondo. Um had a really nip and tuck fight with Tom Mins, I believe, in his last Cage Warriors contest. Um, yeah, just w w one of those guys who's just always entertaining. Um, you know, I, th I think he ran up to, uh, against Jack Grant in one of his early Cage Warriors fights and got guillotine really quickly, so we didn't see a whole lot of him in that contest. But 
um, you know, what he's done before and what he's done since. Um, you know, this should, this should be a real, like, really exciting, like, scrappy uh, back-and-forth contest on the feet between these two guys. Um, looking forward to seeing what uh, Bilardo can do. I uh, haven't seen a massive amount of him, so he's on my kind of tape study list for uh, for the next few days. But I am told by my guys in Italy that, um, you know, again, very entertaining guy to watch. So this could be one of those, um, you know, breakout moments where, you know, two, two guys who are perhaps not as well known as others on the card, um, you know, they, they're, they're going to try and be uh, trying to stake a claim in, in the division. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see how they go. Yeah, brilliant. Um, below that, then, we've got Nick Bagley, and he's going to be taking on Scott Pedersen. Uh, again, I'm not too familiar. I don't think I've seen a lot of uh, Bagley, but I know Pedersen, obviously, he, he trains a little bit down in show MMA now, and he trained over in Chris Reese Academy previously. Uh, probably one of the most decorated amateurs in the UK scene over the last couple of years. You know, if you look at his uh, performances on the Cage Warriors Academy across the UK, uh, obviously going out to the, the Amateur World Championships as well. And obviously a, a big win for him last time out with a, a rear naked choke as well. So Scott is one of those guys I know he was meant to fight on the last trilogy card and he had to pull out for whatever reason, but he's got such potential. So I, I'm as a Welsh guy, a Welsh fan, I'm really looking forward to watching Scott fight. And uh, yeah, I, I think that whatever fight he's going to be in is going to be great. As I said, I don't know a huge amount about Bagley, but I mean, I'm, su I'm sure if he, if he gets the win there, then uh, a lot of people in Wales are definitely going to know a lot about him. So that Nick is. Bagley is is brilliant, Lewis. He's someone yeah. I've watched on the local scene here for a long time. He's um he's fought on uh, Rise of Champions. He's fought on Cage Warriors Academy Southeast. I think he's fought on Fight Star. Um, I would say he's the the kind of English Southeast version <laughs> of everything you've said about yeah. Scott. And um, this this is what I love when people. This is Nick making his Cage Warriors debut, but like is is such a an amazing fight that we've got and and you will know who nick is after this fight he's he's one of uh brad pickett's fighters from gb top team yeah. um denver is making his day cage warriors debut on this card as well um so somebody uh i think kev mcconnell said he's looking forward to the gb top team takeover on this double trouble card Nick is one to look out for as well. So I would say this fight is going to be awesome. So if anybody doesn't know who either of these guys are, make sure you watch it. Yeah, and that, that just that just reeks to me of uh, Ian Dean's matchmaking as well. I know you've said that. So, I mean, he, yeah. he's known as one of the best in the game and obviously matching two prospects in that way two, from two you know quite popular regions within the Cage Warriors brand as well. I think that's going to be a, a, a bit of a sleeper as well, to be honest with you. So look forward to that one. Um, we then got Gene Enzoi versus Tom Tom Moons. Um, Brad, any any thoughts on this matchup? Yeah, you know, John Enzoi is one of my um, favourite guys from Cage Warriors over the past 10 years. You know, he had uh, such a great run. Um, comes around 2011, 2012. Um, was in one of the all-time great Cage Warriors fights from that era against Liam James. And he was the guy back then. He was, uh, put it this way, if, if Conor McGregor had not been signed to the UFC um, at the end of 2012, he'd have been fighting Jean Ndoy that year. That's that's how highly regarded Jean was. He was, uh, you know, within in touching distance of a, of a title shot. Um, obviously, he took a long time off. Uh, there were some injuries and uh, some uh, family stuff going on with him that kept him out of the cage for a very long time. 
and uh, you know he came back and had that just awful knockout against against Corin Eaton, one of the uh, one of the heaviest I've ever seen. Um, you know things didn't go his way last time, but you know he's just he's just getting back into the flow of things. And uh, yeah, if there's one thing we know about Jean is that he loves a scrap, and who better to have a scrap with than Tom Means, right? That guy yeah. will just stand and trade with anyone. Um, look. It's no secret things haven't gone Tom's way on, uh, on on Cage Warriors over the past few years. He's been in some absolute ding-dongs. He's been some really close fights, um, but the wins just haven't gone his way. He's gone to the uh, Academy show, had a really good win there recently, and now he's coming back, and, and you best believe that he's got that fire in his belly now. And I think crucially as well, he's back down at 145 for this one. Um, I know speaking to his coach, Danny Batten, Danny's been saying to Tom for years now, you need to be at 145. You are a 145er. But again, you know, he, he's, you know, he, he's had work commitments. It's meant that he's not been able to, uh, you know, keep in that kind of 145 condition because he's just not had the, had the time to do that kind of training, that kind of diet and et cetera. Look, it's real life. It gets in the way sometimes, but he's obviously got something inside him now where he's saying, look, I'm going to make this run. And if you can take out John and Doy, get a couple more fights under his belt early next year. You know, who's to say? He's always going to have a place on any fight card because he's so entertaining. Uh, and I think that's why these two guys are matched up so well. You actually got me pretty hyped up for that fight now, Brad. I, I got to <laughs> say, mate, you've uh, you fired me up for that one. Um, and do you know what? The, the next fight underneath that is another one that really fires me up. It's one of those ones I read it earlier and kind of glazed over it, but I was just looking at it then and it I, it kind of hit me. Liam Gittins versus Kingsley Crawford uh I was at the last, the last trilogy and I saw Liam in that absolute war. He, he obviously lost and, you know, it, it was a very difficult loss, I would imagine, for him getting stopped so late on. But it, an absolutely insane war. Even the fight before when he won, he, you know, swinging for the bleachers um, against Kingsley Crawford, who's off the back of a good win. I think I think he had a, a bravo choke last time Kingsley in his, his win in uh, was against Adam, uh, against, I can't think of the guy's name, Wilson. Adam Wilson, yeah. Adam Wilson, he's... So he's another guy who's a prospect against a prospect. Um, what do you think this one, Katie? Gil, uh, Gittins versus Crawford. Another GB top team guy in Kingsley. So, uh, yeah, another one that Brad Pickett will be cornering, I'm sure. Um, it's a great fight, isn't it? It's an absolutely great fight. I always love watching Liam fight from his, from the beginning of his pro career. He's He's just been amazing to watch and so sometimes like a little bit erratic almost but i i just love that style he's he's incredible to watch kingsley's just getting better with every fight and and just seems to improve a ton between each fight as well so um yeah i've obviously got to go with kingsley but it's it's gonna be amazing yeah what, what, what do you think of that one brad yeah i mean Casey's pretty much nailed it, to be honest. Um, both guys, great to watch. Um, you know, guys with a, a fair bit of Cage Warriors experience, but they're both still young guys as well. So, you know, you best you better believe they've got you've got time to improve still. You know, you, you never know what improvements you're going to see from guys like this. They're both at very good gyms. They've both got very good teams around them. Um, you know, they, they've both been around success, so they know what it takes. Um, you know, bo both guys... Uh, you know, could, could have probably taken an easier fight in this one. But, you know, it's great to see them, uh, you know, agreeing to be matched up with each other. This is the kind of fight that I like to call uh, the E&D &E and special because <laughs> you didn't know you wanted it. If you'd have been asked to predict it, you wouldn't have. But now, as soon as you hear it, you're like, yeah, that's 
that's good. Yeah. That's good. I like that. So yeah, looking forward to it. This is one of those ones like when I when, when I kind of I I got like the um we've got like an internal spreadsheet with all with all the fights on and stuff. So we you know so we can we can plan ahead kind of thing. And uh, this is one of those fights where I was like, you know what, this this is like the kind of fight that makes me want to maybe call and sick and just watch. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. Will be, yeah. yeah, I don't blame you. Um, so that is the last fight on the main card of Cage Warriors 131. On the undercard, we've got a couple of others. Adam Cullen versus Mikhail Bayram. Ben Reese versus PK Zada. Um, Sami Akadi versus Michael Chamo. I hope I pronounced that right. Apologies, guys, if I haven't. And I know, Katie, you want to talk a little bit about this one. Luke Riley versus Yuki Angandembe. How, how do you feel about that one? I know you, you wanted to speak about this one, didn't you? Well, Yuki's just another person who I think could go on to be a star. He's great on the mic as well. I love his style. He He's just so, um, again, so violent. Every, every fight I've seen of his, he's just so active. And I would just really encourage people, don't, don't just watch the main card. You've got to watch this all the way through from bottom to top. It's, it's going to be such a great night of fights. And PK as well, making his Cage Warriors debut. Um, he's 3-0. His last fight was on Brave. Just like, I love his style as well. There's, there's not one fight that you can go to the loo. So just make sure that you can make it to that awkward 45-minute break between the prelims <laughs> and, the, and the main cards. Like, do your stuff then. <laughs> but well, make sure well, look, you see all got, of these. We've got, we've got 11 fights, I think, on the Friday. So there shouldn't be that much of a break, really. Um, I'll hold you to that, Brad. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> I uh, I drink a lot of water when I commentate to keep my uh, my voice all right. So I, trust me, I feel the pain of not being able to nip off to the loo between uh, <laughs> between. But that forty five minute break is a is a godsend for, uh, for people. Like for me. you only. <laughs> I'm telling you, I've had I've had some some hairy moments with uh, with empty water bottles underneath that stage in the O2 arena. It's, uh, it's, man, it's uh, yeah, first world problems, eh? Yeah, commentate the problems. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that that is Cage Wars one three one. Um, obviously, the following night, then again, York Hall Cage Wars one three two, and this one is headlined by current bantamweight champion Dominic Wooden versus Carlos Obro. Um, that that's another great fight. I mean, Dominic Wooden, that last fight he had with Nathan Fletcher, obviously where he took the belt. I think probably a lot of people thought Nathan Fletcher was going to win that fight. Nathan started off very very well, but. Uh, Dominic kept going and obviously came away with a knockout. Brad, first of all, can you, can you just talk to us a little bit about that last victory and, and what you expect to see from, from this matchup? Well, I, I mean, I'm not sure how it came across, you know, watching it live on TV, but from being in the arena, if I didn't know I was in London, I would have assumed I was in Liverpool because that crowd was so heavily in favour of, uh, of Nathan Fletcher. And... I was kind of shocked by that, you know, so just purely because Dom's, you know, a local guy. Obviously, I knew there was loads of, of guys up supporting the next-gen guys, but, you know, it kind of, you know, it gave everyone kind of pause for thought. And you think, oh, how, how's this going to kind of affect the fight? And I think early on, you know, you, you could see that Nathan was really thriving off that support. And, and I think it was one of those fights where, you know, Nathan didn't really do anything wrong, right? He, he came out and fought the perfect game plan. If you're fighting a guy like Dom, you need to... Uh, find a way to get very close to him very quickly without getting kneed or kicked or or punched in the face. You need to stick to him like glue, and you need to get him on his back. Uh, so I don't think you know you know really you couldn't really have asked for anything more from Nathan in terms of what his game plan was and, and sticking to it. But 
you look at a guy like Don Wooding, he's been fighting for a long time. You know, he's still a young guy, but, you know, he's, he's fighting for a young age amateur and he fought some high level amateur fights. And, you know, he's in there with guys like Andy Young really early in his career. Um, you know, that that's a fight that, that may have come a bit too soon for him, but he's got that experience. There's nothing that Nathan's going to do that he's not seen before, maybe. And it, it gave him that kind of confidence and patience to just have it in the back of his mind. Nathan can't do this forever. He can't do this forever. It's going to get more difficult as the fight goes on. And then as soon as Nathan gave him an inch, he took a mile and, you know, used that killer instinct and that crazy knockout power that he's got. Yeah, so, you know, I certainly don't think that that loss counts against Nathan Fletcher at all. I know Nathan's going to be back next year. Uh, new and improved. I really, really rate that kid. I think he's going to go very, very far. Um, but, you know, Don was the better fighter on the night, and, and that's how it is. Uh, a great champion. Can't wait to see him against Carlos, who's a guy, uh, you know, who's fought all over the world. Um, you know, he's coming very late notice. Uh, as far From what I understand from um, at least what's been said on social media, a couple of guys would turn this fight down against Don Wooding. And, you know, why, why wouldn't you, right? It's... Uh, you know, everyone's got their hand up until they see a performance like that. And all of a sudden, everyone's maybe taking a step back a little bit, um, reassessing the situation. So, you know, fair play to uh, Abru for coming in on, 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 you know, a couple of weeks' notice, taking this fight. Um, and look, these these are the ones where, you know, everything can kind of go uh, against the uh, the run of play, right? We, we don't really know what to expect from him. So it should be, it should be quite interesting. Interesting to see if Dom can get another big highlight real KO. And, and what an upset it would be if uh, if a brew comes and takes the title on his debut. Yeah, definitely. Okay, I know you spoke to Dom not long after his uh, his great win there against Nathan Fletcher. As a champion, how do you sort of see him, and how do you see him approaching this first title defense against a brew? Well, like Brad said, he's got a lot of experience for his age, and we know from his last fight that he can stick to a game plan, however long it takes. He he said that he knew that that would be Nathan's game plan. He wasn't panicked. He wasn't stressed. Even when it felt like the rounds were kind of racking up against him, he he didn't switch out of that belief. He knew he only had to catch him once and he knew it was going to come. And I said, even if it went into the fifth round, were you still sure that that moment was going to come? And he said, yep, I was still sure. I could hear my corner. I was doing everything right. So I just think he's he's got a maturity about him now that comes from all that experience and, and being in all those different situations over the years and he's been unlucky with some decisions that were very very close not going his way and I think he really feels like it's his time and again training with Brad at GB top team all the talent that they've got there at, at that weight class and in you know they've got so many smaller guys there at such a high level um for me, I don't know much about a brew, so it is it's difficult for, for me to say, but I'd kind of echo what Brad said in that for me, I'm I'm assuming that it's gonna be another strong highlight reel performance from Dom. But yeah, it wouldn't it just shock uh your call if it didn't go that way? I'd, mm. I I think this is gonna be a really strong performance for Dom. And then how many defences do we need to see for him before he's UFC ready? Like, could, could that be the one that sends him there? He's got quite a strong personality as well, Dom, hasn't he? Quite quite a good talker and an interesting character, which I think definitely would 
were playing his favour when it comes to that kind of signing and moving on. Uh, Katie, one thing I did want to ask you, you know, we've talked about all these Brad Pickett uh, products coming through on the Cage Warriors show. Did you ever find out, for anyone who watched the last trilogy, Brad Pickett was there with his gigantic backpack walking around. We, we were all talking about it. Did you ever find out what happened? I think I did ask him, actually. Was? I think I did. Hang on. <laughs> well, you talk about the next fight. I'll try and find it in my messages. <laughs> we should we should make predictions about what it was. I'm going to say it was uh, another flyweight, just in case there was a late <laughs> dropout. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But that, that was that was a selling point of the last Cage Warriors card. Brad Pickett, what was in Brad's bag? Um, it was like um, Abu Azeta's uh, suitcase, wasn't it? The mystery suitcase that got onto Fight Island. This, this could be the Cage Warriors version of that. Yeah, what's in Brad's bag? I, I want to know what's in it, and I think uh, I think maybe we, we get a little a little competition going there, Katie, for, off the back of that. What's in Brad's bag? Winner gets a free trade. Winner gonna have one of these. Oh, what My, is that? Uh, Rainbow Sherbet Sour. Mm, fair play, Brad. A real... Uh, <laughs> A real man's drink. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Um, so yeah, Kate, you find out that we'll get that competition going. Yep. Brad, if, if you if you can find out anything at the the double header, what's in Brad's will, bag? Um, will be on the next podcast. Yeah, I, I I'll get my sources to uh, <laughs> to work on that straight away. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and that takes us on to the next fight then. Um, another title weight. Another sorry, another title weight. Another title bout in the flyweight division. And this is a rematch, Sam Creasy versus Luke Shanks. Obviously, we, we saw those two guys fight for the title last time. It was a vacant title last time. Um, Brad, what's, what's your thoughts on this one? What, and why why make this fight straight away? Well, yeah, it's, there's, there's a lot to it, right? There's, there's a few things to unpack here. So first of all, these guys uh, both had incredible performances in the semifinals of the flyweight tournament. Um you know, you couldn't have picked a better match in for the uh, for the final in my eyes. You know, there were there was four tough contenders in there, and um, you know to see them fight in the final was fantastic. Um, Shanks missed weight, right? So he was not eligible to win the title in the first place. And usually, when something like that happens, um, the promotion are going to say, "Well, look, you're going to have to fight bantamweight next time." You know, or until such time as you know you can sort this out. Um, and I think, you know, I think some of his team have, uh, were sort of saying that he'd he struggled with the weight before, so maybe bantamweight was was a good idea. So there's obviously a lot of uncertainty there over, you know, what what would happen because of, of course if Shanks won, the belt would have been vacant, and you know the division is then in, in, in a real mess. Um, now Creasy won. Creasy got the third round uh, finish, which was great to see because obviously fought for the title twice before and was stopped in the third round on both occasions. Yeah. So there's a nice, you know, nice bit of uh, poetry there, if you like, to, to see him get the win in the third round. Sam's a great guy, a consummate martial artist, and, you know, having seen him fight on Cage Warriors for so long and get so close, it, it was really nice to see him win the belt. Since the fight, though, there was, a you know, a bit of controversy. A video came out, which I think was um, not one of ours. I think it was a uh, film from the corner of Luke Shanks, uh, or, or someone at cage side. Um, and it looked like Creasy tapped in that first round to the uh, armbar attempt. Now, I didn't see it as it happened. I didn't I even mention it, I don't think. I believe Dan Strauss kind of said, like, oh, he's come close with the armbar there. Um, Dan did say to me as soon as the fight was over, I think he tapped there. Um, it was kind of 
opposite where we were, but I guess Dan maybe saw something I didn't. Um, so yeah, so then you've got the controversial situation. The crucial thing is this. The last instruction the fighter gets from the referee is fight until I tell you to stop. So there's definitely a shout that if you feel a tap, you should let go because that's how you're trained to do it in the gym. You don't want to hurt anybody when you're training, when you're in practice. And it's an instinct, right? When you feel the tap, you let go. You don't want to hurt anyone. There's another line of thought, which is this is a prize fight. So you stop fighting when the referee tells you to stop. Now, Dan's a great referee. He is only going to stop a fight on something he sees. If he doesn't see it, there's nothing he can do. So it's just one of those situations. You know, we'd all love to have 10 camera angles and stop the fight every five minutes to replay absolutely everything. Um, and there was a great example earlier that night, right? You had the Adam uh, Amara Singer uh, versus Michele Martignoni fight. And the fight was stopped for what looked like an eye poke. And you could see clear as day an eye poke on the camera angle. And then the truck sent another camera angle through, put it on the big screens, and you could see clear as day that it wasn't. So angles lie, the camera lies. Um, so there was obviously a bit of controversy there. Um, I think a rematch is the right thing to do. I, I think it is, you know. I, I think Shanks is going to have a lot of pressure now to make weight because if he doesn't make weight this time, that's that's a bad look. Yeah. Um and you know, you never know. Like Creasy might be like, "Well, look, I'm not. I might not take the fight if, if he doesn't make weight." I, I, I doubt that would happen. I'm sure Sam would take uh, the fight anyway, but he'd be well within his rights to say no. So that's the first thing that we've got to get out of the way. You know, we've got to see Shanks make weight. Um, and then look, then, then they've got five more rounds to settle it. Right? We'll find out who the better man is. Um, and if Shanks wins, then maybe we see a best out of three. And no complaints. Like it was a great fight. I'd, I'd watch the guys fight. You know, what once a day and twice on Sunday, right? Yeah, definitely a good matchup. And obviously, Shanks is himself a former champion. Katie, uh, you you looking forward to seeing this rematch? And how do you see it going? Well, yeah, like Brad said, I'd I'd watch it on every cage warriors card <laughs> going forward. Um, I thought it was lovely to see Sam win the belt. Um, you know, we've seen him come close before. I think. Anybody who's a Cage Warriors fan, like it would have warmed their heart to to see him lift the belt. And I'm I'm glad he had that moment. But is the rematch deserved? Yeah, I think it probably is. It it was a strange situation. I was there and I definitely didn't see it. And I had to even watch a video a couple of times before I, I saw it. So um it's interesting and, and the weight thing makes it more interesting as well. Um, and and if he if he does make weight, is it going to take too much out of him? Because um, I did think he didn't look quite himself in the last fight anyway. I mean, he still performed well, but I don't think it was his best performance. Um, so, yeah, I'm think, really interested to see I, I how this one goes. Sorry, Katie. Uh, I think the, th the thing with Shanks is like, and there's a couple of guys in Cage Warriors that you could probably say this about, absolutely perfect for a 130 pound division mm. because he's kind of got like the height and reach of a flyweight, but the stockiness of a bantamweight. Yeah. And there's yeah. there's guys like maybe someone like Connor Hignett, maybe Gerardo Funny. They all probably fit really nicely in, into a 130 pound. Probably Sam Creasy as well, actually, because, you know, Sam's, Sam's a bit taller than a couple of the flyweights. So... Uh, yeah, I think you know maybe if we if at some point in the future we 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 go 
you know, 120, 130, 140 uh, and, and on like that, that, that might be, uh, that might be an ideal place, but who knows? Like, like you say, um, I, I think the, the result of this one will probably be the determining factor in where we see Shanks fight next. Yeah. And, and big shout out from me as well to Chrissy because, uh, I, one of the, he's like like you both said he's that guy where it's just sometimes it's nice to see perseverance pay off isn't it you know he's come yeah. got close failed got close again built himself back up failed again but you know he came back for a third shot he's got it and you know what I actually although I'm a very very big fan of um, Luke Shanks I, I actually think Sam's going to be a, again a decisive win in this one I think. Just that win might give him a little bit of confidence that he needs that championship mentality to to really push him to the next level. And as I said, I'm a big Shanks fan, but I think weight is an issue for him. Um, and I, I think Creasy is actually going to get get. I actually think he might get a finish in this one. I, you know, shoot, shoot me if I'm wrong, but that's that's one I'm I'm really sort of got a feeling about on this one. So big shout out to both guys. I'm I'm really looking forward to this fight because both of them are great guys, great competitors. And um, yeah, that's that's a big fight on this card to have. You know, not not even the main fight of the night, but the the kind of the co-main. That's a, a huge sort of co-main event. And uh, I, I mean, it's really just a testament to the the quality of Cage Warriors now that you can put sort of this many title fights of you know this quality on a card two nights in a row. So yeah, big, big shout out to that fight, which takes us then down to Matthias Figlak versus Kent Kopinen. Um I think I may have butchered that name, Brad. Um, have I pronounced that right? Kent Kalpenham. Kalpenham. What, what's, what's your take on this one, Brad? A welterweight bout. Obviously, Figlak has been on a bit of a tear recently. Uh, this this was another uh, this was another Ian Dean special for me because I <laughs> I did not expect this one at all. Uh, the the main reason I didn't expect this one was that uh, Kent has fought as high as light heavyweight and he came to Cage Warriors as a middleweight and he did not look small. Um, yeah, I know he fought Jamie Richardson, who's also kind of been a welterweight and been, and been in middleweight himself as well. But, um, you know, Kent certainly did not look in any way undersized as, as a middleweight. And, you know, that you could maybe argue that, that Kent might have been next in line. Um, you know, while, while at least while the, that division is reordering itself, obviously, you, you know, you've got guys like Christian Leroy Duncan coming through as well. Um, you know, is Natias going to come back and have another title shot? Um, but I think, you, you know, you could have certainly made an argument, especially during this trilogy era when, you know, it's very much about who is available at any given time. I think yeah. you could get, have given Kent a title shot, um, you know, coming off that that win off Jamie. Um, so for him to make this decision to drop down, which I think is the first time as a pro that he's fought well to it. I might be wrong there, but certainly I think you're right. for, the time, for the first time in a long time to drop down to welterweight. Um but you know, it's a situation where the uh, the belt is vacant. He's coming off a debut win. If he can stop a huge prospect like Figlak or, or beat him in impressive fashion, however, then all of a sudden he's in the welterweight title race, right? Because you know there's there's no champion there now. So you know that the Cage Warriors brass are going to be looking at every welterweight fight of the guys who are kind of you know in, in around that like close to ten fights and an up sort of experience level um, and, and looking for prospective contenders for next year. So. He's um, he's rolling the dice here against Figlak, and you know if he if he can uh, if he can stop this guy or beat him in impressive fashion, that's huge. That puts him at the top of the pile. Uh, but look, Figlak's no joke, right? Neither, neither of them are. Um, they've both been on a tear. I think that with a six and zero and, and six and one now or, or thereabouts, oh, yeah. um, they're riding a huge wave of momentum. 
they've got that star quality about them. Um, you know, and, and I think both of them realistically in the next 12 months could be looking at Cage Warriors title shots and beating a, a solid hand like Kent is going to be huge for Figlak. Yeah. Katie, do you think uh, the winner of this one may potentially be in that, that next title spot position? Well, I do. And I think the other half of that title fight's got to be Reese McKay. Um, so I was just going to ask, Brad, do we know when the next Cage Warriors card is? Has that been announced yet? Uh, nothing's been announced. Um, I I have an idea, but I'm not going to tell you. Um, <laughs> I, I what I what I would say is maybe like keep an eye on the broadcasts in December because they usually announce what's coming next. You um, did so say I, there's not normally a card in January, so I was thinking it might be February. I, but Reese has said in, he's not fighting till April. So well, in, in ten years, there, we've not had a January fight. So. Look, uh, you know, if, if if you look at when Cage Warriors have previously done cards, like you can kind of probably figure it out. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> well, before, uh, before I get myself in trouble. My, my, but, but um, there's, 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 um, you know, the, the, there's a big UFC card in March. Cage Warriors has traditionally, you know, operated around that. So, you know, I, I would sort of start looking around that sort of time for, for stuff to to, uh, to uh, be put in place. But I'd say keep an eye on the broadcast. You'll probably have some good news. Because I do think this could be a number one contender fight. I think Figlak was who... I, I, I did wonder whether Reese and Figlak would be fighting for the vacant title on this doubleheader. Um I understand Reese's reasons for for not fighting on every card at the moment, and I think that makes sense. And I, I get the timeline that he's working to. So, um, but I still think that he's more than earned that title shot with all of his previous performances. So, for me, it's who is going to face him, and and maybe it won't be vacant by the time he's ready to fight. Maybe the maybe they will have um, had a title fight, but. Um, Figlax looks so impressive in his last few fights. And like the the story of the Figlak brothers, like I just think is really cool. And the story of the Hardwick brothers is really cool. It's just another great Cage Warriors storyline that, that runs through all the cards. So it's really hard to pick against him. But seeing Ken against Jamie, I was quite surprised because if you look at his record, he's had some mixed results. He's had some great wins, but he's he's had some tough losses as well. And I know how good Jamie is, and and to to see him do that, he seemed to just be elevated. He's he's elevated his per, performance and his you know skills to just another level. So it's, this is going to be a, a really interesting and exciting one as well. And. This one does stand out on a on a card of really good fights as being one to watch. So I'm gonna go with Figlak, but I'm I'm not overly confident. <laughs> yeah. And I'm I, glad I, not to be. I'm glad I'm glad yeah. that I just can't tell. Yeah, you wouldn't want it any other way, would you? And uh, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you, Katie. I think I think Figlak just by the tears on how impressive he's looked. Think he's definitely gonna be a slight favorite but a very tight a very tight bout and I'll, I'll i'll move on i'll move down a couple on the on the back of that one katie because you mentioned him uh, a guy you know quite well jamie richardson he's on this card a little bit further down he's fighting leonardo damiani uh another welterweight bout obviously jamie going back down from his uh little 
Kandra at middle, uh, yeah, middleweight. What what's your thoughts on Jamie moving back down, and what do you think about this matchup for him? I think if he can handle the weight cut okay, and it and it seems like he can, he he kind of he looks more in line with that weight class. Like I'm aware that earlier on we talked about people fighting closer to their natural weight class, and then we're telling people to go back down, <laughs> but. He did look small or smaller against the likes of, you've got scary people at middleweight, haven't you? Like, Natias is enormous. And seeing those two together, I thought Jamie did really, really well in that fight right up until he got caught. But there's so much power in that division. Um, I think I'm really excited seeing him back at Welter. I thought he looked fantastic last time. I think they must have been drilling the guillotines at uh, BKK for like Arnold must have been drilling the guillotines for everyone because Steve Amable got his first submission win on <laughs> the last Cage Warriors trilogy as well. So they were obviously yeah getting stuck into them. But I just feel like he he is another one who's just always exciting to watch. You you see him get announced. Kate Royce has got a way, or Ian Dean's got a way of making you get really attached to these fighters and, and you, you follow them for years and you really care about how they do. And he's someone I just always love seeing him on the card and I'm I'm really excited to see him on this one. Yeah, definitely. I think it's... it's uh, to be honest, after that fight with Matthias, I was kind of wondering where does he go from there because obviously losing, losing so clearly to a, a much bigger man, you, you do worry. But yeah, I think... Definitely glad to see him go back down. Uh, what, mm. what about you, Brad? You you happy to see him go back down, or just just happy to see him fight anyway? Yeah, look, you know, I th- I think maybe like early on in his career, there were there were a couple of fights where, uh, you know, he kind of ran out of steam a little bit as the fight wore on. But you know, even if you look at his more recent welterweight fights, he he seems to have addressed that. Um, you know, he had the great fight with Phil Wells, didn't he? A couple of great fights with, uh, Ooh, with yeah. Phil Wells. Um, you know, absolute barnstormers. So. Look, as long as he can do it safely, then, you know, absolutely no issue with it. Um, Leonardo, when he had his Cage Warriors debut, uh, he beat Aaron Khalid at a time when Aaron was looking like, you know, he might be in a fight or two away from a title shot. Uh, Obviously, you know, he went to try his luck on the Contender Series. It didn't work out. So, you know, this is a a big second opportunity for him. Uh, Jamie's obviously the known commodity with Cage Warriors. So to come in... And, uh, you know, take out another guy like Jamie is obviously going to do wonders for uh, for Damiani's stock. Um, and, and then Jamie, obviously, you know, is going to be in that same position that we've talked about for a few guys. They don't want to be penciled into that gatekeeper slot. They want to mm. get back in the title hunt. And look, there's great fights for Jamie at welterweight. If he can get a win here, does he fight Figlak next? You know, does, does he does he fight the winner of that one? Um, you know, th- th- there's, there's plenty of fun fights for... Uh, both these guys at welterweight so you know while i certainly wouldn't say either of them are in like a can't lose situation um that they they this is going to be a fight they both really want to win that's a really stupid cliche isn't it obviously they're going to want to win it's a fight but um <laughs> we knew you know it's, it's going to uh it, it's going to do a lot for their for their place in the division and it's probably going to dictate the next 12 months or so of their career yeah definitely um and that takes us we go back up a little bit you've got another big fight between tobias harilla versus jaya jr um, and obviously then the younger brother of Matthias Figlak, Michael Figlak, and he's going to be facing Steve McIntosh. Um, what, Perilla, what, Lewis, um, um, how can you not be How can you not be Like, oh, my God, even the walkout, 
that guy is so scary but just oh it, i i cannot wait to see i think that loss will have annoyed him because yeah. i think it will be he'll be annoyed he didn't adapt and he's gonna i think that will be something that's he will find quite easy to fix once he's back in the gym and i just feel sorry for his opponent having to be in there with him when he's got a point to prove <laughs> this this could i know i've said it a few times now but this could be the performance of this night i i think it's going to be amazing and the walkout's going to be amazing and <laughs> just don't look away yeah Th thank you for reminding me thank you for stopping me there guys i appreciate the <laughs> Yeah, look, you know, Herrera's one of those guys who gets it, you know, he gets the game, he understands that you have to uh, entertain as well as win. Um, and I think maybe that's what he got caught up doing against William Gomez in his last fight. He wanted to just yeah. walk towards the guy and smash him in the face. And, you know, Gomez was able to avoid those big shots and, uh, and, and you know, get his own off. And I was really impressed by the way uh, Tobias kind of responded after the fight. Mm. And he said, look, going to go learn from this lesson. I'm going to come back and I'm going to beat everyone in the, in the division. And, and, you know, based on previous performances, you wouldn't argue with him. I think there are a lot of fighters in this featherweight division who on any given day could make the claim that they are the best fighter in that division. Obviously, we've got two great champions uh, in Jordan and Paul. Um, we've got uh, Morgan Charrier uh, right behind them, facing the back. Bo both of those guys... Um, you know, Morgan, Morgan's lost to uh, to both those guys in really, really close fights. And, you know, maybe maybe on a different day of the week, maybe Sharia gets his hand raised in one of those fights. And then if you look behind that, you, you've got guys like James Hendon. You've got guys like Tobias Harilla, um, you know, uh, and both those guys will back themselves to, to be either of the Cage Warriors champions, I think. And, you know, they, they, they you might not want to argue with either of them. Um, I think this is going to be a really, really good fight. Um, again, he, you know, he's fighting a an unknown commodity who's got a lot of experience uh, fighting all around the world. It's going to be another tough test for him. Um, but look, you know, we all like that kind of showmanship aspect as well. Um, we all like the violence in the cage, and that's what Tobias Arilla brings. And and again, I think for the Saturday card, this is going to be one of the sleeper fights of the night. Yeah, definitely. Can't Tobias. Wait. Can I just say, Steve Amon was doing that title race too. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Steve's what? Three in a row now? Mm -hmm. I mean, he, he can't be, you know, the, the, the thing with Steve is like, I th if there weren't two champions and Charrier, he'd be much closer to a title fight because that, that situation with those three guys was probably going to have to work itself out. Now, maybe one or more of them get signed to the UFC. Steve's right in there. I mean, mm. I would love to see uh, Harilla versus Steve as number one contender fight. Uh, I, I, I think you, you cannot deny the winner of that is is championship caliber yeah steve is steve is one of those guys in cage warriors isn't he he's just so well known he's has there been has there been like a cage warriors trilogy that steve wasn't on or any card that steve wasn't on he's just he missed, <laughs> he missed one when his elbow was still healing from that knockout um so i think he missed the one in march and yeah so but that's, just... that's what makes Steve so dangerous, though. He's got so much experience. Yeah. You know, he's been fighting as a professional for so, I think, 10 years now as a professional. Yeah. Like, you you just, you can't count that out because there's going to be very little he's not seen and very little he's not come up against. 
and you know, and like, like I say. Yeah, exactly. Right. You know, he's, um, he's he's not to be denied. And I think, look, you know, if if a couple of guys go off to the UFC and Steve wins his next one that, and puts his hand up, how, how can you deny that? Yeah, definitely. I, I think it's hard not to be a Steve Amable fan, isn't it? I think uh, he's such a humble guy as well, outside of the octagon. Uh, it, it, it's but, you know, he's great to watch, even if, even, yeah. you know, even if you've never seen him outside the cage. Like, he's one of those guys when the cage door shuts, there's... Tell me, name a boring Steve Amable fight. There isn't one, right? There oh, just right. isn't, you know? So guys guys like that are always going to have uh, a place on the card. Uh, and the same with a guy like Carilla. That, that okay, he didn't win last time, but it was super entertaining. We were all sat there at the commentary desk on the edge of our seats. Like, oh, what's going to happen next? Uh, that, that's what you want, right? At the end of the day, we're, we're, whether you're media or or you're just a fight fan, you want to see entertaining fights at the end of the day, and that's what that's what guys like that bring. I am officially starting the campaign right here and now for Steve Amable versus Tobias Cerrilla somewhere down the line. If Ian Dean is watching take this, my money. Uh, that's what, that's what yeah. I want for Christmas. <laughs> yeah, take all our money, I think. And Katie, well done for giving your boy a shout out there. <laughs> I can't let it slide ever. <laughs> and, and also, Tobias Cerrilla, please forgive me for skipping your fight. Uh, <laughs> he's not someone you want to upset there is. Remind me. i think uh, you, you you should check under your bed tonight for tobias really <laughs> yeah definitely um but then obviously we've got Mike, michael figlack and steve mcintosh uh katie what's your thoughts on this one well i think i think it's going to be such a a great storyline isn't it to see both figlacks fight for the belt on the same night at some point um can you imagine i i i can't imagine it not happening to be honest the way they're both looking and the way they they handle the pressure of being on the same cards as each other as well um yeah it's it's gonna be a great fight stevie mcintosh has had some really tough cage warriors fights hasn't he for his first few um it's it's gonna be another really good one don't look away. Um, I don't, I'm not going to pick on this one because all my my Scottish contingent <laughs> probably stoned me. Brad, has it happened before to have two brothers as champions at roughly the same time? Oh man, I, I I don't know about champions at the same time. Um, that got to be a first if it happened, though, right? I I I, I mean I, I think if it would certainly be the first time they'd fought for titles on on the same card, I would imagine. Um, I've had this conversation with uh, with my friend Ricky Wright before. Actually, we were talking about various brothers in MMA. So obviously, you, you've got the Hua brothers, the Overeem brothers, the Millers. Um, there's obviously a few more. I think in, I think in Cage Warriors, no, I don't think we have. Um, and I think from like you know, if you're looking at it from uh, you know a PR and marketing point of view, that's going to get headlines, right? You, you're yeah. going to get interest from from uh, you know obviously the MMA media, but you know you probably get some interest from you know, kind of like national media as well for that, because that's just such a, a great story, right? Two brothers fighting for world titles on the same night. Um, look, you know, K Cage Warriors isn't their picking favourites or anything, but it, it would be a promoter's dream to have that. Mm. And I think if both guys stay winning, why wouldn't you, right? You know, they're they're obviously training together. They're, they're you know, a couple of pounds in weight between them. So they're training together constantly anyway. They've been a big part of each other's camps throughout their Cage Warriors ten years of, of the last eighteen months. Um, so, so why not? You know, if they can both stay healthy, both stay winning, 
Uh, but look, McIntosh is no joke, man. He's, uh, like Hayes said, he's had some tough fights. And uh, this is going to be another one. It's going to be a war. These guys are going to bite down on the gum shields, let rip, and it's going to be uh, a case of last man standing, I think. Yeah, another great fight and on an absolutely packed card. So really looking forward to that. Two brothers again on the same card. Pretty unique. And uh, yeah, we can't wait to see that one. That takes us to Paul McBain versus Common Day. Uh, two and two really experienced guys in that division. You know, you've got Common Day who just seems to have been over it so long. Um, he's going to be against Paul McBain, who's you know an, another Scottish guy, another really talented striker. What 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 do you think of this one, Brad? I am uh, I'm a big fan of Common Day, and I'm a big fan of uh, Paul McBain. Um, you know, come on. Uh, you know, he's a, he's a true journeyman in, you know, the most respectful sense of the term in that he goes anywhere and fights anyone and he gives everyone a tough fight. You know, he's not yeah. getting smashed out there in the first round. He's uh, he's making you work for those wins. So, you know, even the guys who beat him, you know, unless you're looking at like the likes of Mason and Jack, um, most, most guys who have beat him, it's, it's taken them three rounds. And they've had to really work for it. And he's he's upset the apple cart a couple of times. And he's done it at a high level on Cage Warriors too. He's uh, he's really tough, really awkward. Um, and Palmer Payne's one of those guys who's just going to come out and put it on you. Like, he will happily stand in front of any man. Um, I thought he was looking really good in his last fight as well. Uh, obviously, he had a bit of a break. Um, so great to see him competing regularly. And, you know, again, he, he's one of those guys who's going to be chasing the pack. In that 145 pound division, if he can, if he can be the guy that goes out and uh, and smashes Common Day, which a lot of other guys have, have struggled to do, well, all of a sudden, you know, he's he's a few rungs up the ladder, and you're, you're talking about him being, you know, maybe two or three fights away from the title. So, a, a great opportunity against a tough opponent, and I know that Common would have nothing more than uh, than to come in and ruin someone else's night, like he's done a few times before. Yeah. Brad, we've got, uh, speaking of our Scottish contingent, we've got Peter Knox who's asking, um, do, do you think there's a chance Cage Warriors come to Scotland next year? I know we, this seems to be a question we've had for a, a number of years now, but do you think we are any closer to that, uh, That one of those cards ever happening? No. No, simple answer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, is the, is the honest answer. I don't know. Um, look, I think uh, you need, obviously... Uh, young talent to fill out the undercards and you need uh, a big name or someone who's on, you know, a good streak. Um, look, it's a, it's, it's live entertainment business, right? So uh, you've got to be able to attract a crowd. So I think, you know, if some of the Scottish guys start putting wins together, you know, if, you know, if McIntosh and McBain um, can get big wins here tonight at Double Trouble and then early next year, then they can quite rightly turn around and say, well, look, you need, you need to take Cage Warriors back up to Scotland. Um, I don't know what the plans are. That is not my department whatsoever. But I think Cage Warriors will always go where it's got support and it will always go where it's got that talent base. You, you know, um, you you look at the situation with, with Wales over the past few years with the likes of Jack Shaw, Mason Jones, uh, Jack Marshman, etc. before uh, when there was that, you know, just, just a huge wave of Welsh MMA guy, guys coming up. Cage Warriors spent a lot of time in Wales. Same with Ireland. Same with London. Um, same with Liverpool. You know, uh, the Scandinavian shows. We had loads of Scandinavian guys on there. Um, you know, I, I know Cage Warriors signed a lot of French guys and, and, and Scandinavian guys over the past couple of years as well. So wouldn't be hugely surprised. If you look at Graham Boylan's tweet the other week, he said, 
it's going to be one of the busiest years. There's going to be a new country on the um, on on the list of countries that Cage Warriors visited. I don't know, but if I was a betting man, I would bet on France, right? You, you've got to yeah. assume that the yeah. Cage Warriors is going to go there at some point. Um, so it's, it's all down to those factors, really. Um, you know, if, if I'm promoting an MMA show, I go where I've got the talent. I, I, I go where I can put bumps on seats. So, uh, you know, like we say, if these Scottish guys can get some wins behind them, who knows? Yeah. We've got Aidan Stephen as well and Scott Malone and there's definitely a few of them. And if Luke Shanks was to win the belt, I know he's not Scottish, but he trains course, at higher trains level. At higher so, level, yeah. um, he, you know, that would be a title fight that you could have on that card. And Sean Clancy is someone who I'm sure will be on a Cage Warriors card very soon. There's definitely a ton of talent coming through there. It's more than enough to put on... A card. When I asked Graham about it, he he said there'd been a not so successful one in Scotland before, and that made them wary about going back. But I wonder now, with the amount of talent that's there, it might be time to take another chance. Maybe. Hope, hope that happens. Your uh, hands your question, Peter Knox. I, I I know we'll probably hear it again next podcast. So. <laughs> Whoever's on, listen, listen to what Brad said and just say the same thing. <laughs> what, what, what I will say about the the last Glasgow show um, was that there was a chippy two doors down from the venue that was absolutely fantastic. So I don't know if the Kelvin Hall is still open, uh, but if it is, uh, I, I would be very up for it in terms of the uh, takeaway food that is available close to the venue. <laughs> Always a good reason to go back with food. That, that's why I'm not in charge of booking Cage Warriors events. <laughs> The first thing I do whenever Cage Warriors goes to a new city is get on the uh, the old Google Maps and find the best restaurant. So, that's not how an MMA promotion should be run. But <laughs> exactly, what um, that takes us down. Then we've got um, Daniel Palagricio. I hope I've said that name right. And he's going to be fighting Aiden James. Aiden, another another guy coming out of Wales. He fights from the Chris Reese Academy or now Drag, I believe it's called. Um, yeah, a, a big first fight in the in the promotion for him. Uh, stoppage win, I think, first or second round. I can't remember which, but he looked really good. Um, Apart from his toe, his toe looked awful, didn't it? it yeah. <laughs> but but Aiden's a tough guy. You know, obviously he was fighting over in Brave, um, being about a little bit, and now come back to Cage Warriors. I think it's a really good move for him to be fighting kind of in this region. Um, really looking forward to seeing what he's got because I know he trains up about a couple of different gyms in in Wales. He does a little bit of show show MMA and he, you know he, he puts in a lot of effort. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do on this card. Uh, I, I I don't know if you got any thoughts on this this particular matchup, Katie. I don't know much about his opponent, but I always love watching Aidan James fight. He's he's just love that style and he's he's got a great personality as well, hasn't he? He's just wicked to watch another great addition yeah but yeah absolutely you know you can tell he's got that kind of star quality about him mm. uh we have seen once on cage warriors before uh he went to a decision with Aiton de pap i believe in belgium um but obviously you know he's been around since he's he's uh had a few more fights in and uh you know he, he's one of those guys who's got the opportunity to kind of come in and take out the known quantity so yeah It'd be very interesting to see how uh, how both these guys have developed since we last saw them. Yeah, and that takes us then to we've got we've got the next next fight, and I apologise in advance if I can't pronounce these names right. My 
my my English or whatever whatever language I'm speaking is terrible, but it's Maximilian Vallot versus uh, Lona Kavanagh. That's uh, it. so Lonnie um, trains the GB top team with Brad. Yeah. I've been watching him since he was 16 in his first amateur fight. This kid will be Cage Roy's flyweight champion. That is my prediction. He is oh, awesome under. to watch. He, he's honestly, he's he's just yeah, just watch, oh, just watch his fight. The name there, Kate? He's right. Is it? Is it? Yeah, you got it right. Um, but everyone calls him Lonnie. Lonnie, yeah, brilliant. So that's that's the next one down on that, and then that is the first car. The first fight in this car will be Aaron Abbey. Another another Welsh guy from North Wales, and he's gonna be fighting Sammy Fadeen, uh, and another pretty known quantity in in the Cage Warriors uh, roster. Brad is he Sammy? Yeah, absolutely. Former flyweight champ, right? So um, I, I love guy. I well, I don't know if this is in the right order, to be honest. Um, no. I mean, it could be. It could be that uh, you know one of the guys uh, coaches is coaching again later on, so they've asked for it to be on first. Um, but I, I I don't know. I would assume it would be higher up in you know in the prelims, but I don't know. Um, but either way, if it's not, it's an excuse to get there early, right? Um, Aaron is uh, a fantastic fighter. His story's been well documented. I'm, I'm, it's been talked about all, all over the place. He uh, is a massive inspiration to anyone. Um, you know, he, he he's the guy that when you don't want to go to the gym or you don't want to go for that run or you think life's getting you down. You see what he's been able to overcome and you give yourself a big kick up the arse, right? Um, you know, what, what a phenomenal human being and an inspirational man. Um, and a great fighter. Let's let's just not let's not just talk about you know the the, the backstory that he's got. Let's talk about the fact that the guy can uh, the guy can fight. He's been in there with some really, really good guys on the European and UK circuit. Um and you know, going up against the former champion in in uh, Samir Fadeen, it, it's go hard or go home, right? You know, he debuted in the in the the flyweight tournament, uh, lost to Sam Creasy, who's the current champion. He's now facing a former champion. Uh, he's not taking any easy fights. He's not interested in easy fights. Um, Samir again is, you know, in a position where, you know, he got he got decimated by Luke Shanks. So there's there's no there's no two ways about it. It was uh, one of the most lopsided scorecards in uh, Cage Warriors title fight history. So he needs a huge win here to get back on the horse and, you know, prove that that, that was a one-off against Luke Shanks. Um, you know, he, I, if, if I'm Samir, I'm probably hoping that Shanks doesn't win that fight because, uh, you know, it's, it's, may, it's maybe not going to be the best prospect for him to uh, to be looking at for, for his second Cage Warriors title opportunity. Uh, but, you know, he, he must have known coming out of that that there are holes in the game and improvements to make. So it'll be very interesting to see how both these guys uh, coming off kind of decisive losses on Cage Warriors approach this one, and you know if it does open the card, uh, I'm all for it. it. Should be a great start to the uh, a great start to the Saturday night. Yeah, I, to be honest, like you said, it might not be in that order, but either way, you know, you look at that card from fight one to you know bottom to top, every fight is absolutely brilliant. Yeah, everyone is really evenly matched, and you know, it, it's one of those cards you like, like Katie said, you 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 really do actually need that couple of minutes to get your stuff done because you don't want to miss a single <laughs> one of them, and. Uh, I said a, a testament to the talent on the Cage Warriors roster and, and to the matchmaking of Ian Dean as well, I think. Um, so, yeah, that is Cage Warriors 1 3 2. Um, obviously, that's the, the second of the double the double trouble card, I think we call it. Who, who names these, Brad? Not me, unfortunately. <laughs> I, um, I, I've, I've, had, I've had various names for the trilogy series that were, uh, 
that were rejected and turned down. But you know, I'm I'm not the uh, I'm not the marketing guy, so uh, there's only so much I can do. Um, yeah. And to be honest, all the names I suggested were ridiculous, so probably for the best. Uh, but look, <laughs> double trouble, right? I mean, what more do you want? Double trouble. It's it's yeah. uh, it's it's a it's a nice way to go from the trilogies back to what I imagine will be like a more normal schedule last year. I was like, I, I was pretty upset when the trilogy series finished because they're, they're so hard to do, but at the same time, they're, they're so awesome. And I was like, oh man, it's going to be really weird going back to just doing one show in December. And then when I found out it was a double show, I was, I was like, oh, it's nicely kind of weaning us off. It's like the um, the, the methadone of, uh, of cage warning. <laughs> Maybe I don't, I don't think we could have put that better. What? Watch Double Trouble. Uh, this this, this is why they don't let me name stuff, right? This is why. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Keep exactly. him away from the marketing. There <laughs> <laughs> uh, we go. And, and on that note, guys, I don't think it's a better way to end this show. Um, Brad, big thank you for joining us, buddy. We really appreciate your time. And uh, obviously, we'll we'll keep an eye out for you on, on the shows next week. And Katie, any last words before we let you go? No, just I'm I'm super excited for, for both cards. From top to bottom, they're just stacked, as we've become accustomed to with Cage Warriors cards. So, yeah, don't look away. Plan your wee break sensibly and uh, <laughs> don't miss anything. And, yeah, guys, for all you hardy uh, Cage Warriors fans who have stuck with us for this hour and 20 minutes, really appreciate your time. Please smash a like, give us a comment, give us a share, and, um, yeah, we'll see you on the next show. Thank you very much, everyone. See ya. See you guys.